0: I can really start to see all of the reasons why I do the things that I do, the way that I'm conditioned and the beliefs that I hold on to that don't serve me anymore, they were mechanisms to keep me safe and there were mechanisms that I used to operate in the world and communicate with people. And they were things that I didn't need to hold on to anymore because what that was all contributing to and what those beliefs were doing for me were putting me in states of people pleasing. And putting people in front of myself and pedestalling people, being a nice guy, just so that I could fit in. I could fly under the radar as the guy who was nice and the guy that gets along with everyone and the guy that is easily multiple. Okay, so this is a, (laughs) this is a spontaneous one. I just had a very profound experience and one that I think may resonate with a lot of people. I just had a session with a mentor of mine, a, a group that I'm in, a men's group. And the the session was all around just going around the circle and talking about what's coming up and then looking at, okay, how can we move through that? Is there anything that needs to be spoken about, um, work-related, relationships-related, kind of like a traditional men's circle, but a little bit different in the caliber, I think, of, of the, the men in the group and... There's a lot of really strong accountability, some really strong leadership, and one that I'm so grateful to be a part of because it was one that allowed me to open up in a way that I haven't done for at least a year. At the start of the call, I thought there's not really much that I want to speak about. Everything's going pretty well. But one thing I've noticed over the last couple of weeks is that I've began to have moments of emotion pop up and not just out of the blue like i've been watching a video or thinking about moments or people that i'm really grateful for and i've just noticed my body react a lot more than it normally would and emotion would start to come up and then it would kind of dwindle away and i didn't really allow that emotion to come up today was big today was big and it was profound and and um i want to thank all the lads in that group because i didn't have any resistance Um, They're guys that I've built a a strong relationship with over the last few months. And I want to dive into what I'm actually talking about and where this release for me has come from and where I think where, where it's had a massive impact on my journey and my life. And it hasn't, it wasn't an overnight thing. It's a journey that I've been on over the last 12 months in resolving or moving through a big part of me that was a nice guy. And was someone who put other people's needs in front of my own and constantly would try and mold myself to what other people wanted. Constantly was seeking permission to actually do what I wanted to do or what I thought was right or seeking validation outside of myself and not trusting myself and not taking responsibility for everything in my life because I have total control and everything is my responsibility. But this is for anyone who's experienced something like that, anyone who has experienced not being able to feel emotion for one, which was something that I've struggled with a lot over, over years, over, over a long period of time. And what's interesting is that when I look back at my childhood, I was actually a really emotional kid. Um, I was really compassionate and empathetic and when someone would do something nice for me or when I would, it would really hit me. I remember getting presents at Christmas and it was just like, I would just break down because I was just so grateful. And there was a point in my life where that stopped and there was a point in my life where those walls came up and I didn't allow myself to feel anymore. And I became overanalytical, and I became skeptical. And I became scared, scared to show that vulnerability. And when I think about it, I don't think it was a men can't cry mentality. I don't think it, it was never an alpha dominant mask or trying to be the big tough guy in the group. I just fell into a place where I was using my head too much and not using my heart and What became frustrating was that I didn't know how to use my art and I didn't know how to feel. And that created this cycle of, well, how do I? How do I do this? How do I do that? How do I do that? And trying to find the how. But that was just keeping me in my head. And it's been an interesting journey. But for anyone who struggles with something like that, has been called a nice guy. And I've been called Ned Flanders in my life. Um, Classic. Nice guy, neighbor who is always there and always willing to help and and anyone who has trouble creating boundaries and sitting in values, strong values and strong, having strong morals and being able to say no unapologetically and being okay with upsetting people and being okay with not being liked and being okay with all of the things that come with the decisions that we make. For me... I would struggle to make strong decisions and struggle to, to set boundaries because I was constantly looking for a way that would work for everyone and say, like, okay, this can kind of work for me, but it works for everyone else. So I'll do it. And so there was, there was self-sacrifice, um, which ultimately led to just not trusting myself and not validating myself, not validating my own feelings, my own wants, my own needs, and constantly putting people in front of that. For anyone who puts other people on a pedestal, which I think ties into that, is looking at someone and thinking that they've got it all. The comparison, the looking at what they have and thinking how will I ever get there. And wanting everything about someone as opposed to just certain traits or just wanting to take little bits. And for me, how that played out was I would pedestal people and disregard all of the other or all aspects of myself thinking that I needed to kind of change everything and this was something that I spoke about on the call just before I'll speak to to my mentor Jaguar who has been on a journey with me for the last 12 months and I guess I'll I'll dive into that journey from the start so the first the first call that we had was a 12 week mentorship. So it was quite, quite in depth. And the day before I started that mentorship, a couple of days before I split up with my partner, actually it was a couple of, it was a couple of months before, but the the day before she moved out, I decided, okay, coming into this mentorship, I want to, I want to have a journey, mushroom journey. And so I did, and it was quite a profound journey and there was a lot that came through, but. At the end, it actually left me feeling really uncomfortable and I felt quite stuck and I felt there was something stuck in my body that I needed to release and it was this feeling of I need to have this massive breakthrough and I need to I need to let it all out and, and whether that's through just rage or anger or breaking down crying or something needed to leave the body and I'd lived my life so on such a consistent emotional level where I don't get super joyful. I don't become ecstatic with, with joy and love and laughter, but I also don't feel the lows either. Um, I've never experienced deep depression and I've never experienced extreme anger for, for long periods of time. And, um, I've always kind of maintained a relative calmness and. I really wanted to move through that and I wanted to allow myself to feel, but I didn't know how. And so it was tricky because it was like, well, I want this, but I don't know how to feel and that's all that I could explain it through the time. And, um, that was where the journey kind of began for me, where probably the biggest thing that was revealed to me that, that continues to land now, but that took time to really process was on that first call I had with Jaguar, he said, you're constantly seeking something outside of yourself because you're telling yourself that no matter where you are, things shouldn't be that way. And so what happens is no matter what it is, whether it's a new partner or a new job or grass is always greener, so trying to go for those greener pastures, doesn't matter what that is, you will always tell yourself that you're not in the right place. And that was, that was a really profound experience because one, it resonated a lot. But two, I knew that if I didn't start to do the work to move through that and change my worldview and change the way that I looked at things, then I was just going to be in this cycle for, for the rest of my life. And so over a period of time, I started to look at, okay, what what needs to change? And probably the biggest thing was the language around how I how I spoke about things. I should... I should be at the gym because I haven't been to the gym today or for a week or whatever. I should be doing work because I haven't done enough work today or I shouldn't be in this relationship because it's just not right for me or all of the shoulds and all of the need tos and all of the have tos creating a lot of this internal resistance of I should and so I kind of don't want to. Saying I should is creating a mentality of I should but that's creating resistance in my mind and so even if I do do it I'm not going to feel good in the process of doing it because it's the thing I should do rather changing that for I get to or I love to and taking the time to reframe the thought and reframe the experience and getting in the car and going to the gym and rather than going I haven't got the energy or I haven't got the I haven't got much time or I don't feel strong or whatever it is. Completely changing that and going, no, this is a privilege. I get to do this. I get to go and I get to make it fun and I get to see people in the gym and looking at the opportunity in it. And that was quite a simple thing to change. I think a lot of what has gone on for me over the last 12 months? There has been a lot of things that I've understood but not felt, which is which is why which is what's kind of led me to do this. Is because today I I had a really strong experience, but it's taken a long time. But there's been a lot of things along the way that have landed quite quickly, and I'm like that just makes so much sense, and I'm going to apply that straight away. And I felt the instant the instant different difference of that, and that was one of them. Is just. Pulling myself up on those small language changes of. I don't have to do this. I don't need to do this. I should. It's not that I should do this or I shouldn't do this. This is a choice and I get to do this. I get to do this, but I want to do this because it is good for my health to go to the gym. It does fill me to go out and spend time with friends. This food is going to nourish me and it's going to taste good. And it's all the simple things. It's all of the simple things. This is where you I began to swap out the cheap dopamine hits and the instant gratification and the wanting something quickly and wanting to be released of something or wanting wanting just to get a quick hit because that's just what I really want right now in this moment rather going no what is it what is it that's going to be good for me even after I do it and that was training and it was putting me first and it was saying no and it was doing all these small things to go that's what's good for me long term and another big one which i didn't plan on speaking about was abstinence and that was something that I, I i struggled with over a long long period of time was removing porn and i could go periods but there was there would always be a time where where something would i would give in i would just give in and I wouldn't say I ever really struggled heavily with those things, but that was only when I was comparing myself to people who were completely addicted. And I had to pull myself up on that to go, well, yeah, if I compare myself to some people, I'm not, but that's not the standard I want to set. The standard I want to set is getting rid of that altogether. And so I had to make a decision to change the whole thing and go, no, like there is, there is no exceptions. There is no excuses. There is no falling into this whole, yeah, but they do it five times a day. So what does it matter if I'm just doing it once a week? That's still not the standard. My standard is never. And it was kind of the same with drinking. And it was the same with, um, a lot of things where I just had to commit to, no, this is the standard, this is the standard. And I think one thing that I was chasing. I think why that's important is because one thing I was chasing for a long time was this grand transformation that would happen. And what I realized over the last 12 months was that that's illusory and that's not how it works because how it works is you do small things every day that accumulate over time. And I think that's why there's a quote that stuck out for me and I repeat it multiple times a week is... You don't become confident by yelling affirmations in the mirror you become confident by giving yourself a stack of undeniable truth that you are who you say you are and that's an alex holmosi quote and when you apply that and when i began to apply that to all of the areas of my life then it was it just became less about i need to be great today and i'm just going to go i'm going to do everything today and i'm going to have this massive and i'm going to change today and today's the day And this year's the year. It's like, no, it's just today's today. And this is what I do on a daily basis. And these are the things that I do. But I know that I'm going to do them tomorrow as well. And so it's, it's about taking that fantasy off the pedestal and going, no, this is just what I embody. This is just who I am. And this is just, this is the action that I take now. And this is the action that I'll take after that. And this is the action that I take tomorrow. And what I will say is that that's, Not always the case. I slip up all the time. But I think another really important thing on top of that is that something I used to do was kind of slide that under the rug. So if I would slip up, it's like I'll just slide that under the rug. I didn't show up for a session today. I'll just slide that under the rug. Yeah, but I showed up every other day and people probably won't notice. And I I, I don't have to talk about that. Big change that I made was to start accepting that and going, no, I didn't do that. And that's one point backwards from trusting myself because when we don't show up for something that we say we're going to show up for, it's not about other people. It's not about, oh, I let them down. We let ourselves down. I let myself down when I didn't show up and I'm the one who has to carry that. And I think this is something that's easy to overlook because we can kind of go through and go, oh, what's done's done. And that's true. And I think there's a very important point. Thing there in don't bring that into the future, but also don't allow that to happen again in the future and set that standard. Go, no, moving forward. Like, I know I'll slip up. I know there'll be times we can never be perfect. We can never have it all together. Shit happens. But if we allow one thing under the rug, there's a hole there, and another thing can go under the rug. And then the hole gets bigger, and then more and more things start to go. And that's where we start to have a backwards trajectory. And I think that's what. James Clear speaks about in Atomic Habits is the one percenters every day are so important and when they compound over time it creates this massive effect long term so I guess coming coming back to this journey there was a couple of key things that that happened along the way so the first was I think that belief system around things shouldn't be the way that they are which was huge it was massive and like I said that continues to land over time and when I say land I think we have experiences that we go through at any given time and we, hear we could just be sitting there or we could be having a conversation or we could be training or whatever it is in the shower, doesn't matter. And we kind of have these epiphanies. It's like, that makes sense. And that's when we see quotes that kind of hit us at certain times. That's when something lands, that's what's happening. It's those epiphanies where it's like, I get that now. And so that was a big one. And and over the course of the 12 weeks, it was, there were so many things which I won't touch on, but so many things that, that came through for me where I was, I can really start to see all of the reasons why I do the things that I do and the way that I'm conditioned and the beliefs that I hold on to that don't serve me anymore, they were mechanisms to keep me safe and there were mechanisms that I used to go out in the world to operate in the world and communicate with people and they were things that I didn't need to hold on to anymore because what that was all contributing to and what those beliefs were doing for me were putting me in states of people pleasing and putting people in front of myself and pedestaling people and being a nice guy just so that I could fit in and so that I wouldn't cause any kind of conflict or debate or dispute. I could maintain, I could fly under the radar as the guy who was nice and the guy that gets along with everyone and the guy that is easily multiple so fast forwarding to the start of a container that i just did with, with jaguar as well as a men's container and it ran for eight weeks what was different about this was this was where the men came to be called out on their shit and it was a great eight weeks there was not many points throughout it where i had this big epiphany or experience but over the course of time it it became a lot clearer to me how much of this people pleasing and this pedestaling and this nice guy mentality and this trying to appease everyone and trying to seek validation from everyone and trying to get permission to be me that all kind of came to the surface and it was amazing because over the period of that eight weeks I started to look at okay, this isn't who I want to be. This is not. This is definitely not who I want to be. And so what ended up happening was I started to make changes and I started to go, okay, what are my values? What do I stand for? What am I not willing to change for? And there were, and that helped a lot because I started to recognize that I'm actually capable of so much more than what I thought I was. And I guess some examples of how that, how that played out was a big one is I started jiu a few months ago, and I, I actually resisted it for a long time. I was fearful of stepping into a place that I wasn't good at. I was fearful of not being good enough at it. I was fearful of getting hurt. I was fearful of not being able to learn, not being teachable, and having to deal with my shit by myself. And being put in positions, uncomfortable positions, where I had to deal with stuff myself. And so when I started, that's what that's what played out. It was a lot easier than I built it up in my head to be. And I don't say easier as in learning the skills was easier or being there was easier. I think I just didn't trust myself enough. I didn't think that I was going to be good enough. And even though... I felt absolutely useless at the start. I realized that I can do, that I can learn and I can handle myself a lot more than I used to tell myself that I could. And over the course of the last couple of months, I've really been able to see how what I learn, I then implement and I see how I have success through playing this chess game with someone else. And I used to just ride myself off, and just be like, if someone if someone would get me into a position where they were trying to get a submission, it was like, I'd just give it to them, and it was like, ah, oh, you can have it because I'm not going to be able to get out of it anyway. But over the period of time, I've learned no, like I can I can get out of this. No, I can I can turn the tables here, and I can I can win this. And that's been such a profound experience because. I think one thing that comes up for me was a lot of the time during high school in particular for me i wore this mask of being the funny guy or the joker or just the the easy blase kind of guy and a lot of people wouldn't take me seriously when it came to sport and competition and so because that's how i perceived how people looked at me i never really tried but then when i did A lot of people would be really surprised. They're like, oh, you're actually not that bad at this. But I kept that mentality of going, well, I'm just, I'm just not good at it. I'm just not good at it. And so I'll protect myself from failure or being seen as bad by purposely not being good and purposely joking around and having fun and whatever, because if I was to actually try and I actually wasn't good, that was too much to handle because I couldn't accept that I wasn't actually good. So I'd never actually stepped into a place where I could see what I was made of. And that's what Gigi Two has really taught me. was to go, dude, you can do this. You can be great and you don't have to be the best. That's okay. Everyone's on their journey. This isn't about winning. This is about proving to yourself that you can do more than what you say you can. And that's been huge. So being on that journey, and then looking at okay what are my values what are the things that i i say out in the world and say to myself that need to be ultimately cleaned up based on where i want to go and where i want to go is to be someone who is strong in who they are and isn't isn't someone who just gives into temptation and gives into what other people are saying and doesn't just fold like a table when things get a little bit hard and There was a, there was a lot of things that kind of landed over those eight weeks. But if I fast forward to the call that I just got off, I felt all this emotion start to come up and I wasn't, I wasn't speaking. I was just kind of sitting there and I was like, okay, this is going to be, this is going to be interesting. And what, what it was that was coming up for me was, was Jack, who's my mentor throughout the eight weeks. He pulled me up on a lot of things, pulled me up on things that he knew were good for me and I really respected that and I really loved that because it's not something that I've had in the past and I'm more than willing to do that work and I'm more than willing to be pulled up and I'm more than willing to be held accountable. But what started to happen was I started to look at that and then I started to compare that to where he was at and I started to look at his mannerisms and the way that he deals with people and relationships and work and all of the things. And created this story in my head that that's what I want. And that's so far from where I'm currently at. And I don't know that I'll ever get there, but I feel like I need to change everything about me to get there. And I think that kind of sat in the back of my mind over time. And he was speaking today about how he's changing and how he's molding and how he's becoming a lot softer and more accepting and more light and removing these layers of him that he doesn't want to hold on to anymore which were which a lot of them were layers that I began to start telling myself I wanted and so through my experience I started to think that all of the parts of me needed to change and I stopped looking at my strengths and I stopped looking at the things that I used to believe were actually quite good like being compassionate and like Being able to talk to anyone and including everyone and my form of leadership, I started to look at that as not what I wanted. And when Jag started to admit that there were parts of him that he were pulling back, it really hit me that, wow, like I am actually a lot stronger and I'm actually in a really great place. But for years and years, I have built up this idea that that's not good enough and that's not right. And things shouldn't be the way that they are because of that. And as I started to open up about that, I think what really landed for me that I'm actually beginning to start to trust myself a lot more. And I do trust myself a lot more. And I validate myself more now and I give myself permission to be me and to do what I want because for so long I was seeking it elsewhere. I was seeking permission from other people. Can I do this? Is this right? If I want to implement this in my business, is someone else doing it? Because if no one else is doing it, well, then maybe it won't work for me. Or, hey, like I'm thinking about doing this. Do you think it's a good idea? Rather than just going, this is what I'm doing. And it may or may not work, but this is what I'm going to do. And that will change over time. And there were so many areas that I think all came up to the surface for me at once that fully landed that Andrew you can trust yourself and I guess the internal dialogue was I trust myself and give myself permission to be me and yeah there's there's stuff that I work on yeah there's there's so much more that I want to do and and there's things that I'm trying to clean up in my life and there's there is for everybody that's it's how we are but I 100% accept and give myself permission to just be where I'm at and that's enough and that's good enough and it should be that way because it is that way and it, get, and it gets to be that way and I love that it's that way. And I think that was such a profound experience and I really wanted to share it because it was something that I was holding on to for so long and all of this internal dialogue constantly just being outside and over analyzing and not having acceptance for myself was something that really, really held me back and really just kept me away from who I actually am. And so I want to highlight the key things that I've learned and the things that I, I want to pass on because they've really helped me. The first is that I don't need to become someone totally new. And this came from pedestalling people, pedestalling Jaguar, my mentor, and going, I need to be all of that. He's so good at... Jitsu, and he's so good at handling himself and he's so good at dealing with conflict and he's so good at understanding the mind and the human condition that's why i went to him was because he can break someone down so easily and i'm like i need to be there i need to be there like what what happens if someone comes to me and they they look up to me and i can't help them i know he could but i can't and so this pedestal mentality was pulling me away from who i actually am trying to be someone else and so fully accepting that no, like I'm more than enough. I can help so many people with what I'm already equipped with in my own unique way. The second thing was to get around more men. More importantly, find a mentor who embodies traits that I desire. And in picking that mentor, in deciding who that person is that I want to follow and who I want to learn from, making sure that they own their shit and making sure that. They also accept that they don't know everything and that they've got shit to work through and they don't hide that. I think it's very common, very common in the world of coaching and mentoring and teaching that the mentor needs to be the guru that knows it all and needs to constantly hold that leadership mentality. And I think in this type of work where there is a lot of vulnerability and there's a lot of work specifically on the mind and the human condition and all of the things that come with that, the navigating life as a whole, relationships, money, work, all of this stuff can come up. I think having a leader who can really sit in the mud with you is one thing that I've noticed was a game changer. Although I put Jay on a pedestal, when I actually brought up that that's how I felt, he fully dissolved that belief of like, dude, like, for one, I want you to know that I'm in this with you and I actually am inspired by you in so many different ways. And he said, you showing your vulnerability, cause I fully broke down. He's like, you showing your vulnerability. I want to thank you for, because it gives me permission to do the same thing now. And he said, that's something I struggle with. And so being able to look someone eye to eye in that, and especially someone you look up to has been so profound for me. That's huge, is being around men who can hold you accountable, but who you can trust to be, sit there in the shit with. Create stress and discomfort on purpose. This is combat, jiu-jitsu or boxing or whatever, breath work, ice baths, even meditation. Meditation's an interesting one because it's seen as a Zen experience that's kind of useless, kind of you're just sitting there And trying to clear the mind and trying to do whatever. But meditation is a very uncomfortable practice when you sit with it for a long period of time. And what happens over time and what's happened for me in a few instances is you get to a place where you're like, this isn't working. This isn't, nothing's really happening. Like, this is a waste of time. I've got to go do things. I've got to go and be somewhere. I've got shit to do. Like, I've got to actually go and do something with my life. And it's the times where I've sat with that and then gone, okay, cool. And continued to sit there that any stress that I'm holding on to in my body, any, any pain, a lot of, like, I get a lot of lower back pain and just niggly stuff. It just goes away. And I fall into this place of pure peace. And then how I move through my day is completely different from there because I, I let go of, This need to be somewhere else. And I think that that presence is something that we all chase, but we become very, very easily distracted. And so we fall out of it super easily. And that was something that happened for me. Um, And so meditation has been massive. Jiu-jitsu, that's been so big because putting myself into an uncomfortable situation to go, you need to navigate your way out of this and then navigating out of it Sometimes I do, sometimes I don't, a lot of times I don't, but navigating out of it builds trust in a trust. It builds in a strength, it builds physical strength and resilience and competence and confidence, knowing that if that, if that happens again, I can deal, I can deal with it. I can handle myself. And I think that's so important for a man and women, but I, I'm speaking to men here, pay attention to language. I think when you skim on the surface of that and go, language matters, it doesn't really land for people. It doesn't really make sense. It doesn't seem important. And I get that because when I first kind of heard of it, I didn't really care about it either, but when I began to learn more about it and when I began to start to pay attention to the way that I speak to myself and to other people, it. Was revealed to me how much I self-sabotage, how many excuses I make, how much I lie how much I try and weasel my way around things that if I just got honest and I just started to take full responsibility for things and I started to just go, this is the way it is, and just started to change the way that I spoke. And I spoke about it at the start, changing I have to, or I need to, or I or I should, or whatever, to I get to, I choose to, I love to. When that language begins to shift the world around shifts as well and there there's another quote that says when you when you change the way you see the world the world you see changes the way that you perceive situations the way that you look at people around you the way that you look at career and work and relationships and negotiations and going to the gym and and all of the things that we do all of the small things we see it from a new lens and it's a lens where there's opportunity and there's a lens where there's, there's optimism and just very different. Get honest and stop lying. Uh, I touched on this, um, just before, I think when I began to just really call myself out and just go, Andrew, like the reason that you're not where you are in your business is because you're not doing the things you know, you need to be doing To get there, you're not doing those. You're getting distracted. You're procrastinating. You're doing everything other than the thing it takes to grow your business. Andrew, how much time are you spending going out there and talking to people and building a network and and being in front of people who you know you can help? You're not. You're working on all of this other stuff that doesn't fucking matter. But it's stuff that you know keeps you in this place of okay, I'm actually fearful that it's not going to work. And so if I don't do what I know needs to be done, then I have an excuse that says, it's okay, you didn't get there because you didn't do this. But if I went out there and I did all the things I knew were going to get me those results and it didn't work, well, that's a harder pill to swallow because then I failed. So it's easy to self-sabotage and procrastinate because we get to hold on to an excuse as to why things didn't go the way that we wanted them to. And that was a big one for me. Um, and one thing that I've had to really work on getting over and reprioritizing, and that applies everywhere in life. Well, Andrew, why didn't you, why didn't you do everything at the gym today? Was there any reason not to go all out in the gym today? No, I just got lazy. That's that. That's the truth. I was lazy. I was lazy. I wanted to be somewhere else. I didn't feel like, I didn't feel like going hard today. Sometimes that's okay. But when I go in with an intention to train and I don't do it, there's that underlying shame of you kind of let yourself down today a little bit. But when I started to fully just accept it and own it, it actually became easier than to just complete the workout and finish it and finish the things that I said I was going to do. You, you kind of take that responsibility and you go, there's no excuses here, but there's no reason not to finish. So just finish and you'll feel good for it. Six, own strengths unapologetically. I spoke about this in the journey that I went through with the people-pleasing and with the putting people on pedestals and forgetting my own strengths and forgetting my own uniqueness and forgetting how much I'm capable of with where I'm at right now. I think coming back into, into going, what are my strengths? Okay, these are my strengths wow, I'm actually really great at those. And this is how I use them out in the world. And this is what makes me unique. I think it's very easy, especially in a world that we live in now where men in particular, but people in general are almost shunned or they're told not to be strong and they're told not to own their greatness because it comes off as arrogant and it's like, wow, he's just full of himself. And there's a difference. There, there's people out there who are arrogant, sure. And There's people who are for themselves. And there is, there is toxic masculinity, but what is defined as toxic masculinity mainstream now is actually healthy masculinity. And it's become so confusing. And so one thing that I've been working on is going, I'm actually really great at the things that I'm great at. And I'm not going to hide that. I'm not going to hide that I know what I'm doing. I'm not going to hide that I have something to contribute. And it was, it was something that I would always second guess, always seeking someone to tell me that I was good, but then need it again. When, when someone hasn't told me that I'm good at what I do for an hour, maybe I'm not that good. That's, that's exhausting. And number seven is give permission to be me, give permission to be you. And that was really what landed for me this morning. I think just like a good quote, that line, give permission to be you. I don't think is something that will land for someone just by me saying it. But I think if you resonated with what I said throughout this episode and there were, there was things that landed over and over and you saw yourself in my experience, I think that those words will be quite profound because they were really profound for me when I needed them. And when I sat there this morning. And I gave myself permission to be vulnerable. And I gave myself permission to break down in front of men who I trusted and respected. To break down in front of the man who I felt like I needed to be strong for. And that I needed to be where he was. And that I needed his permission and his validation. In being able to do that was one of the most freeing experiences. Because I, I allowed myself to go there. And he said to me after, he said, We want to be great leaders and we think we need to be a certain way to be a leader. But a leader is the, is the man who's willing to be there and go through it. And that was something that I thought about recently was being the guy who's willing to be on the journey, because I think that's what leadership is, is being the guy who can rock up to a room and be the first one to say, Hey, I don't understand what's going on, being the dumb person in the room. Simon Sinek says that, be the the dumb guy in the room and be the person who doesn't have it all together and be the person who needs help when they need help. And especially for men, I think that's so incredibly important. Be the person to raise their hand and go, I'm not okay. And I really need support right now, which is why I say being around men is so important and the right men is important because they're the ones we need to lean on. Other men and giving everyone permission to and be that way and and be the person on the journey so that was a big one I didn't expect that to go for so long um, I really just wanted to jump on here I've, I've made some notes but I really just wanted to express that experience while it was fresh on my mind because I don't really have the words for it but I think that journey over the last 12 months for me um, and as it will continue has been so incredibly profound And I think when I, when we look at setting goals as an example of what we want in the future, I want this much money or I want a great relationship or I want to get married or I want to have kids or I want to whatever. Um, I want to travel. I want to, I want to be known for this. I want to, I think setting those goals is, is great, but I think what lies underneath that is what we want to feel as a result of those things. When we can get to a place where we can have those feelings. Before even getting the goals, and then have the realization that those things weren't what mattered, I think that's incredibly profound. But then I also think, ironically, those things happen when we get to that feeling first, because it allows room for those to come through rather than resistance all the way and trying to fight our way to buying a house. Fighting our way to saving money, fighting our way to travel, fighting our way to all these things through a particular lens and view of the world as if we've got to work hard for it, rather going, no, I'm going to focus on all of the all of the stuff that's going on in my life behind the curtain to look at all the areas I can change my worldview to get me to that, that feeling that I'm actually desiring, then everything else comes easier. And so if you made it this far, thank you, because... That was an experience that has had a massive impact on my life. If it's helped you, I'm glad. And if you want to ask questions or you want to speak about what's going on for you or or any part of this that that may have brought up questions or or ideas or anything, please reach out. Instagram's the best place. Andrew Cooney or Road to Growth, R-O-A-D to the number two growth on Instagram. I love a I love a good conversation and see you in the next episode.